This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. On today's show, we will be previewing the All Star game and the three point contest. We'll be evaluating team standings going into the break. And we're going to have some fun with some midseason awards. We're getting into it all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your co-host, Karina Mustafa. I write all things New York Liberty and Phoenix Mercury over at Venus Sports. This week, we have some exciting news. We have a new co-host for our Monday show, a Mr. Bradshaw Furlong. Bradshaw does several things in the world of basketball. I actually co-host another basketball podcast with him, but I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell you all what he does. Uh, so, hey, my name is Bradshaw Furlong. Like Karina said, uh, I do host the Shoot Your Shot podcast with her. Um, I also work for TSN. I am the co-site expert at Behind the Buck Pass on Fansided. I'm the head creative editor at Raptors Insider. Um, and yeah, and then now I'm the co-host of this podcast. I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. I wanted to talk a lot of WNBA, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Definitely exciting. Um, all right, before we begin, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Women's Basketball wherever you listen to podcasts. Every follow, every subscription helps us continue to put out daily content. Okay, let's get into it. The All-Star Game, it's happening this Wednesday the 14th. If you're in the U.S., it's on ESPN. If you're in Canada, it's on TSN 3 and 5, and I believe they're also playing it on Sportsnet at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the first year since 2002 that it's been held during the same time as the Olympics. Obviously, there's been a bunch of changes this year with the pandemic and things like that. We have Team USA versus Team WNBA. My first question to you is, who is the biggest snub from here? All right. So I have this is a personal snub for me, and I was just I was I was just more surprised that Marina Mabry didn't make it over. Satu Sabali. I thought Satu Sabali, like, she's been incredible since she's come back from three-on-three and overseas. And, like, she did so many things before she came back. I would just, when I first saw the list, I was like, whoa, that's a little odd that she's not on there. And then also uh, Neka Agumake. I I thought she would have made it as well. I know there was the controversy around the USA as well, around the Olympic team. My personal thing is Marina Mabry. I thought she should have made it. But, I mean, I'm okay with overall what they have. I think that, I think, like, because this thing, if you have someone, you have to take someone off. And there's, they're all the women there are so deserving of being on both teams, right? So I think it's hard to say there's a big snub. I think they got most of it right. But I think off the top of my head, NECA and Marina are probably my main two. Yeah, and it's it's crucial to mention that Bradshaw is a Dallas Wings <laughs> fan. He isn't biased, but, you know, I just thought the people, the people should yes, know. Yes, of course. Yeah, And, you know, as we move on throughout the show... Everyone knows how much of a Liberty fan I am, and you're going to see that in our mid-season predictions as well. Oh, it's going to be all, just every, just listing off the entire (laughs) roster. All right. Okay, I see. But yeah, I'm pretty much with you on this. I think Derricka Hamby is also an interesting Mm -hmm. decision. You have a bunch of aces that were selected. Obviously, like, what's her name? Liz Cambage, I think, is a great pick. Mm -hmm. Um I was very happy to see Ariel Atkins on there. I know I was yeah. a, c- a couple of days before they announced it. I was kind of floating around names with uh, one of my friends, Evan, who we've had on the show before. Mm-hmm. And we were mentioning, you know, Ariel could be someone that's there. Like you said, I think Marina Mabry is a name that probably should be there. Mm-hmm. Then, like you said, like you're kind of thinking, you know, who do we take off? I think Nafisa Collier is interesting um you know she's oh, for, the, for the team Olympic usa team, yeah. yeah that was that was one where I, I talked about it um with chelsea late on the podcast um 
Like, I, that was probably the one that stuck out to me from the Olympic side. I was like, Nafisa Kali, like, she's incredible, obviously. But you look at all the names on the U.S., uh, the women's team, and you're like, okay, yeah, these all make sense. Yeah, Jewel Loy, you know, Brandon Stewart, obviously, Asia Wilson, obviously. And you're like, oh, Nafisa Kali, okay, I, 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 I get it, I guess. But, like, there are names, like, again, there are names you could put on there instead. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what what matchups are you looking forward to the most? Any Anyone that's kind of intriguing to you? I think the biggest one, and I it, like, I think this is like, it was crucial. Like if the T if TWA wanted to win this game, I think the most crucial one was having Liz Cambage on there to go up against Brittany Griner. Like as if you had Brittany Griner on the US team and you didn't have a big, or at least a big capable of going up against Brittany Griner and Sylvia Fowles, you might, there, there was going to be a bit of a problem. So having Liz Cambage going up against Brittany Griner, I think that's going to be the biggest one for me. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the one where I'm most interested to see. And then also seeing who in the world is going to guard Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson on the same team. Like, that's just, that's unfair. That's unguardable. Like, those are the two, you could argue the two best players in the W. And that's something we didn't even bring up. Candace Parker is on neither of these teams. That's incredible. Like, she, like, you should, like, sorry, isn't on the U.S. women's team. Like, she didn't make it. That's, like, I was surprised by that. Um, but yeah, so at least you have, you have Candace Parker. So at least you have that to kind of match up a little bit. John Cole Jones as well. So I'm interested in that. Um, but yeah, the, I think the biggest one for me is the, is the bigs. Yeah, I know Candace has had her beef with Team USA in the past. You know, she said that she she won't play for them anymore. You know, the whole politics debate. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I always enjoy watching Brittany Griner and Liz Cambage go up against each other. I love how familiar they are with each other. There's a history there. And I think that's going to be just amazing. And I just think that like Candace Parker, Arike, John Quell, wow. like all of these players are just going to want to you know, feast against oh, Team yeah. USA. And I think that there's just like that extra motivation of I didn't make the Team USA mm -hmm. roster. And so they're just going to use that against them, which I think is going to make for a very interesting all-star game. Like this and is probably going to be like the US's best test. Like even like in the Olympics, this is like the best team yep. they're going to play and it won't even be close. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it'll be, this will be the best game we're going to see for the, from the US team. Uh, but I, I like you were saying with, with Candace Parker and Enrique, like having that bit of motivation, I'm expecting like a big game from Candace Parker. Like, I think she's going to be like, okay. Like, I know like, obviously she's, she's not, like I mean, she's technically choosing to not play at this point, but she's like, okay, like you guys didn't want me before. And like, this is how you're going to treat me. Okay. I'm going to show you what you're missing out on. You're going to have all these other people like, oh, I could be over. I could be there over Diana Taurasi. I could be there over Sue Bird. I could be there over Nafisa Collier. I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to give you like a 30 point triple double. I, like, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be crazy, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yes, yeah, same here. Um, another all-star festivity is that's happening is going to be the three-point contest. They announced that John Cole Jones, Joel Lloyd, Allie Quigley, and Sammy Whitcomb will be participating. Just to give you quick mid-season statistics from three, John Cole Jones is shooting 44.4%, Joel Lloyd is shooting 36.5%, Allie Quigley is shooting 407 and the beautiful, the amazing <laughs> Sammy Whitcomb is... Leading the leading the charge with forty four point seven. Do you do, do you do you like Sammy Whitcomb? I can't. I, I'm not sure. Are you are you are you a Liberty? A little, guy? you know. You like Liberty? Okay. Just okay. a little, you know. Okay. Fair not, enough. Not that much. Just okay. a little. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I have a special <laughs> place in my heart for Sammy Whitcomb because she's on my team. But what do you think about these selections? How excited are you for the three point contest? I feel like I'm going to bring up the same point, though. I feel like Marina Mabry should have been in this. She could have done this as well. Like, this is, like, perfect for her. I mean, I can't 
bubble with any of the decisions here. Like John Cole Jones, Jewel Lloyd, Allie Quigley, and Sam Wickham are incredible shooters. Like this is like this is going to be a fantastic competition. But I feel like just with the way Marina Mabry, I mean maybe maybe she just said no. She was like, I'm I'm going to pass. Like I need to like I want to rest over the break, whatever. But I mean, this would have been like something I would have liked to see her in. Um, I, I'm excited to see Sammy Whitcomb. Like she just lit up the wings for a bunch of threes. So now I'm like, I'm just, I'm scared now. I, I have a, I'm just scared that she's gonna like just tear this entire field apart. And she's be like, all right, I should like maybe not, maybe she doesn't think she should have been an all star, but like, hey, I'm going up against some all stars and some of the best players in the world. Let me show you what I can do, and then I'm the best shooter in the W. Yeah, I mean, she's such a good vet. Like, she she's such a good shooter. I love it. Like, whenever I watch Sammy play, whenever she shoots the ball, I'm always so certain that it's going in. Like, I'm at the point where I'm surprised if it doesn't go in. Mm -hmm. That's how good of a shooter she is. And obviously, I'm going to be rooting for her. You know, not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say I'm gonna be happy with whoever wins. I mm -hmm. think uh, I think John Cole Jones is gonna prove to be a very good competitor in this. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I saw <laughs> saw that today. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. I'm really excited for the All Star festivities. I'm mm -hmm. glad it's happening right now, and I'm looking forward to Wednesday. All right, in just a moment, we will be talking about where each team is going to be going into the break, but. First, let's hear from Built Bar. So I don't know about you guys, but Built Bar has a lot of delicious flavors. Uh, they have coconut, they have cherry, they have raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and creams, and German chocolate. Ooh. Uh, Bradshaw, which one of these sounds the most enticing? They all sound, they honestly all sound like really, really good. Like a double chocolate is like a, that, that probably holds a special place in my heart. Raspberry, I like all things raspberry flavors. I, those might be the top two cookies and cream as well. Like, oh, those all sound so good. I mean, they all sound incredible, but like those three are kind of like the top three for me. I think I'm with you on that. Like double chocolate always stands out to me. <laughs> raspberry is my favorite fruit. So I'll literally eat anything with yeah. raspberry in it. Cookies and cream <laughs> is good. Orange sounds very interesting to me mm -hmm. uh all lot of these flavors too. are good and i think like the best thing about it is that if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get like two of each of the nine flavors and then they're not only really good tasting but they're really healthy they have 17 to 18 grams of protein they have like the calories are ranging only from 130 to 180 there's only four grams of sugar only four grams of net carbs so they're all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track, uh, track and field team. Isn't that neat? Uh, so if you go to built.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your order. So once again, let them know we sent you. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Don't forget to tune in to Locked On Women's Basketball podcast throughout the week, as well as Friday conversations with Howard Megdal. Okay, let's get into the standings a little bit. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, going into the break, the Sun stand on top of the East with a 14-6 and record. They did beat the Liberty, unfortunately. <laughs> but the Liberty are right after them. They are standing at 10-11. and We'll start with the Sun. Bradshaw, how impressed have you been with this team so far? I mean, like I think we all thought, like, when John Quill Jones went went stepped away to go play uh play for a national team, I think everyone was like, okay, like they're gonna fall back, and they did they did fall a little bit, like they didn't have like the crazy the crazy run that they did at the beginning, but they still held they you know they 
they didn't fall off a cliff. They like held steady until John Quell came back, and now they're just they, they're going to keep. Now they're just going again, and like they have like like and we're probably going to get into her when we talk about the midseason awards. But the way John Quell Jones has played this year has just been another level. Like she's taken her offensive game another level. Like she's obviously always been a really great defender, but now we're seeing the development on offense, and she's hitting threes at a ridiculous clip. I know she's done that in the past, but last season I think she's around thirty percent. This year, like we mentioned earlier, bumped it up to over forty. So the way, like her progression has been incredible this year. Though I mean, it's not just her; the whole team is incredible. But yeah, I, I mean, it's they're the clear best team in the East. I don't think it's. I mean, we'll talk about the Sky in a second, but I think the the Sun are the clear favorite right now. Yeah, I think there's definitely like when we talk about the West, it's a little bit closer there. But in the East, mm. it seems like there's you know a couple of dominant teams. I would say like Sun and the Sky are up there. Uh, the Liberty, I. It's been a rough couple of games. I will say that. Uh, obviously, they're dealing with a bunch of issues right now. There was the issue with the travel. They had their mm-hmm. flights delayed like twice in in 48 hours, which is absolutely insane. Uh, they're missing Beck Allen. They're missing Natasha Howard, who is hopefully scheduled to come back soon. I, she was on the court today, which is a good sign. He's been out for like five weeks now, I want to say. I think that when she comes back, things will get a lot better. I think the biggest thing for the Liberty right now is just playing together as a team and executing. I feel like a lot of the times, even like Coach Hopkins has mentioned this a lot, like the effort is there, but it's just a matter of execution. And when the when the, when they're playing together as a team, because it's not an individual sport, then the Liberty I think can be, they can be a threat in the East. And I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I have I have a question for you. Yes. So I was I was doing a little bit of research ahead of time. Obviously, I've seen you cover the, the Liberty quite a bit, but I didn't quite I didn't know this. So obviously they're 10 and 11 now, uh, but they have the third lowest net rating in the entire WNBA at minus 6.7. I would. Are you worried about that at all? Because that, what that shows me is they're winning a lot of close games and their clutch numbers show it. Like, I think they have the second highest yeah. net rating in the clutch, but it means they're getting killed in their losses. They're just getting absolutely demolished. And I think they have one of the worst defensive ratings. They're turning the ball over a lot. Like you've seen this, like, does that worry you for the second half that like the clutch numbers might balance themselves out. And if they're not winning those close ones and they're still losing big in the other ones, are you worried that, that like, they might fall off a little bit in the second half? I think for me, they know this. They mm-hmm. know that this is a big issue for me, for, for me, not for me, for them. It's a big right. issue for them. You know, maybe it's a bit of an issue for me. Who knows? But um, I I have confidence in them mm-hmm. to clean it up. I think that, you know, this the past like week or so, you know, obviously you're going to have off games. You're going to have games where things aren't working. Things aren't clicking. I think this break is going to be crucial for them because I know that there are some teams who maybe won't like this break because they've got a little bit of momentum. But I think for the Liberty, it's a matter of, okay, we need to take a couple of weeks off and just not play basketball and then come back and try to, you know, try to regain and try to work on some of those mistakes. Because at this point, they know what they need to do. Like I said before, it's just a matter of executing it. So I'm not entirely worried. I'm happy where they at. Obviously, they're in a much better place than they were last season. Yes. Uh, so if there's anything to be happy about, it's that. But enough about the Liberty. Okay. We're going to talk about, we're talking about them too much, even though I could talk about them all day. Uh, let's move on to the Sky and the yeah. Mystics, because I feel like we can, we can bunch those two teams together. The Sky, obviously, you know, they had a bit of a rocky start. You know, Candace Parker was out for a while, but ever since she's been back, they've been really good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my thing is like, if, Candace Parker's healthy for the entire second half of the season. And I, it, I assume she will be at this point. Um, 
I, I, you have to consider them one of the favorites in the East. Like, I would put them right up there with the Sun with the way they're playing right now. Like, because Candace Parker's playing at a whole, like, other level. Like, not, she's not carrying the sky. Obviously, they have incredibly talented players on that team with Vandersloot and, you know, Ellie Quigley. We talk about those two all the time. But, like, the, Candace Parker obviously is the leader of that team, and you have one of the best players, if not the best player in the WNBA overall. Like she's gonna she's gonna make things very easy for you when when she's in the lineup. So I would put them like I think they're I think they're like I know we're grouping the Mystics and Sky together. I think the Sky are better than the Mystics. I would put the Sky ahead of the Liberty too. I think they're again right up there with the Sun for the best team in the East. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And like with the Mystics, I'm not really sure how to tamper my expectations with them because mm. I feel like they've had like really solid games, but I yep. feel like they're not one of those teams that I would see making a lot of noise. You know in the playoffs or whatever it is and then of course at the bottom we have the dream and the fever who we don't have to talk about that much well they're going I mean, in opposite directions right now <laughs> yeah the yes. fever of the <laughs> longest win streak in the wnba right now we like we need to talk about this you know what we gave them one the liberty gave them one yeah. they got we one today that up to, they got uh, one today yeah, we, we can chalk that up to flight stuff, but <laughs> still, I mean, hey, they won. It's, it's something. They, they won three quarter three quarters of the wins they've got in the last three games. All right, so I think I, they're not they're not good. Obviously, I think they're any, four and sixteen. So yeah, yeah, I think any fever, <laughs> any fever fan will get that. But I I wouldn't be shocked with the way the dream are going right now and some of the issues they're having in their locker room with uh, with some of the stuff coming up with you know Kennedy Carter and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if those two, like, not that it's a seismic shift in the WNBA by any <laughs> means, but like, if they just swap by the end of the season, we see the yeah. fever just narrowly jump ahead of the dream and Hey, the dream could get more young, more good young players. <laughs> yeah, maybe this stuff. Definitely interesting <laughs> to see how excited we are about it. Oh, game three, uh, winning streak for uh, the fever, but let's move on to the Western conference where it's pretty much been the same all season. Like it hasn't really changed. The storm are sitting at the top of the rankings, 15 and five aces right after them. I think those two teams I've been thoroughly impressed with them this season. I think they have continued to live up to their expectations coming off of last season. I really want to see a playoff series between these two teams because yeah. It's just like, how can you compete with that? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, like this is going to be. I mean, obviously, we saw it in the final last year, but obviously, Liz, Liz Cambage wasn't there, and that changes a lot of things for the Aces, and it changes things for the Storm too, and how you defend the Aces. Like this, the there's the Aces are such a deep team too. Like we'll get again, we'll get into it when we talk about the midseason awards. But like they could have two six player of the year. They have two six player of the year candidates on their team right now. The fact that you have Dierka Hamby coming off the bench and she would start on essentially any other team in the league is pretty impressive. Like she's putting up incredible, she's an all-star coming off the bench. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like she's been insane. I, there, I can say so much about the aces and how good they've been. And again, you can have your opinions on Bill Lambeer as a coach, but I mean, they have the best net rating in the W they're right up there with the storm for the best record in the W. So, I mean, in my view, you could make the argument that they're the best team in the league right now. I, you could also make the argument for the storm and how incredible they've been. You have the big three there and they've just been tearing it up. Jewel Lloyd has had such a fantastic season. Like, you know, we talk about Brianna Stewart all the time, but Jewel Lloyd is so damn good. She is so good. And I'm, I've been really impressed with her this year. Yeah. It's just good basketball. Mm. Um, and like Amy's talked about this on the pod before, but 
she's had the aces to win the championship this year. She had them at the beginning of the season. She still has them now. I'd say that's a pretty darn good yeah. pick. Mm -hmm. um, and then looking at the rest of the Western Conference, you have the Lynx, the Mercury, the Wings, and the Sparks there at the bottom. Do we? Do you think like any of these teams, like who has the most pressure on them to make a push now going into like the second half of the season? It's got to be Phoenix, right? Like it has to be Phoenix. Like with Diana Taurasi, obviously aging a little bit more. It doesn't seem like she'll ever fall off, but again, she's getting older and you wonder how long she's going to play. You have to maximize her window. It feels like there's more pressure there. And again, you have, you know, Skylar, you have Brittany, like Kia Nurse is younger, obviously. But again, like you have the core there. You have the pieces now. You want to win while Diana Taurasi's there. And I I thought they were going to like, I mean, they had the they had some injury issues with, with DT, so... But I, I definitely thought they'd be better than a, like a sub 500 record going into the break. So I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm a little surprised. And I, they definitely have the most pressure. Like the Lynx have dealt with injuries all season. Like you're worrying about Sylvia Fowles, but like she's gonna be, uh, you're gonna get like a, a, at least five more good years out of her. You're fine there. There's not as much pressure to win now as there is with Mercury. Yeah, and as a Wings fan, how do you feel about them and how they've done this season? I was a lot more confident when they were nine and nine, <laughs> so they <laughs> lost the last three games, but. I mean, it's been like they've been competitive and like I did not expect them. To, if you told me they were going to be nine and 12 going into the break and like being right there for a playoff spot, I would have thought you were insane. I would have been like, there's no chance. They're going to be playing Charlie Collier or Wakurier and Chelsea Dungey and Dana Evans when she was on the team. I, they'd be playing those girls all the time and they haven't. Like it's been, they've been, I thought a lot of people step up this year and I've been very surprised to see where they're at. I think they have the, like one of the deepest rosters in the WNBA. Like they go 10 deep quality players and you're sitting the number two pick in the draft consistently yeah um <laughs> well she played today she played today and look actually had just had some decent minutes she actually looked pretty good when she went in today so i was i was impressed with that i hope she can get more minutes because they need better big play than what charlie collier and bella allery have given them so far so hopefully a walk can you know get some more minutes and provide some better big play than what they've gotten so far yeah, Bradshaw's done a good job of trying to convince me to become a Dallas Wings fan. <laughs> um, I've got a lot of people just trying to take my allegiance away from the Liberty. It's. Not I'm not really trying to convert working. you to like that your favorite team, but uh, like, like my they like I, I, if they can get to number two, then I've done my job. Okay, we'll see where we are at the end of the season. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. And then of course we have Sparks in last place. You know, although they are last, I do want to give them a little bit of, sh of a shout out on their defense because I, I think like, especially like they're frustrating if you're playing against them, they are pretty frustrating at times. Like they don't let you, like as soon as you cross half court, they're they're up in your face with their defense. And I think like that's something that's worth talking about. They've definitely given a bunch of teams trouble. Unfortunately, not every team can win in the WNBA. Teams have to lose. Uh, but yeah, do you have any thoughts on the Sparks? The Sparks, they just can't score. Like it's yeah. it is frustrating to watch. Like they are the they have the worst offensive rating in the W, and it's like by quite a margin. Like that's at least a couple points behind the fever. And if you're behind the fever, there's a bit of an issue with something. Um <laughs> their defense had like obviously their defense has been quality, like they're middle of the pack in their defense, and that's kind of what holds them in games. It's just yeah. their offense doesn't because they don't have any, like you lose Candace Parker, you're going to lose. That's a big chunk of your offense. And then obviously they've had injuries to their stars as well. So it's been tough for them. But I, I mean, it, it, I don't think they expected to be a contender this season. So it's not like this is a shock to like any Los Angeles yeah. Sparks fans or even the organization. Yeah, definitely. All right. Coming up next, we're going to decide on some midseason awards. But first, let's hear from Bet Online. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Let them know we sent you. Once again, that is locked on as your promo code for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Next week, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrine and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite base basketball teams throughout this week's long special event. Ch- search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. All right, Bradshaw, let's get into some awards. We'll go through our picks, and then we can talk about, you know, why we picked them. We'll start with MVP. Who's your MVP? Oh, right at the top. I thought we were going to go with the easy one first. I thought we were going to go with an easy one. We gotta get a little spicy here. We gotta okay, get a little spicy sure. here. So we'll start. We'll start with the big one. We'll start with MVP. I feel like we have the same one, but I, I would like to hear who it is. I have John Quill Jones. I assume that's who you have as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, put, I, I John... put my bias aside. Okay. I, I know you've been like pitching Benajelani for MVP, <laughs> so I, I'm glad. I'm glad we like shifted from that a little bit. I do. I okay. So I picked John Quill Jones, but I'm not gonna talk about John Quill Jones. I want to talk about Candace Parker. Candace Parker, by the end of the season, will probably be MVP, if I'm being honest with, with being honest with ourselves. The way that, like, the stark difference between how the sky look with and without her is incredible. Like, if we're taking MVP as, like, just the pure value of the name, mm-hmm. she is the most valuable player to her team. And I, like, I'm not going to say it's not close, because, like, obviously, John Cole Jones is very important to the Sun. Um, you know, like, Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson. Like, they're all very important to their team, Benaj Delaney. They're all very important to their teams, but... We saw how Candace Parker like uh, changed the sky's fortunes this season, and if the sky get like close enough to the su- to the sun by the end of the year, I think Candace Parker will be the MVP. But for right now, it's John Quill Jones, and I think she's running away with it. Yeah, and I, I think that's a very good point. I think the the conversation around MVP and whether that needs to be MVP on the winningest team, mm-hmm. you know, is something that needs to be discussed, right? Because right. when you're thinking about MVP, it's the most valuable player to your right. team, right? And so at one point, we kind of have to question how much winning does come into it. Obviously, it comes into it a little bit, but, you know, when you have someone like Candace Parker, it's definitely worth talking about. Let's move on to one that I'm excited about is Rookie of the Year. The I easiest, mean, literally the easiest the one to easiest pick. The easiest one. It's Michaela Onyanwedi. Come on. There's one candidate for this award. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only one candidate. Like, if, if even if, like, at the end of the season, they're going to be like, oh, here are the three nominees. It's like, okay, it's there's one nominee, and then we had to pick two other names. And it'll probably, honestly, it'll just be Charlie Collier and, like, Ari McDonald, because, like, those are the other two rookies that have played enough to warrant consideration. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I just think, you know, she's been starting every single game. She's had incredibly tough matchups. She's definitely grown in, like, the first, uh, like, 
half of the WNBA season. I've, I've been, like, thoroughly impressed with her. I've Like, she's become a player that, and, you know, obviously there's a question, like, there's a bunch of coaches who don't play the rookies and don't mm-hmm. give them time. But, you know, Walt has given her so much, like, has given so much trust in her and, mm-hmm. and put her in there from the start. So it's like, she's earned that spot, and I think that she's a clear lock for rookie of the year. Yeah, it, it's not exactly close. And, like, there, I wish there were more rookies. I hope in the second half we'll see some of the, bad teams the quote-unquote bad teams start to play the rookies more like i hope kaiser gondersek gets to play more for the fever like the fever aren't going anywhere you're not making the playoffs so just play your rookie even if you don't think she's ready just start giving her more minutes to see you have to see what you have yeah like you're marketing her so much you have to see what you have and i'm I'm a little biased because she went to west virginia west virginia's my favorite college but like like you you want to see what the number four pick in the draft can do for you at some point right you hope you hope that you get more minutes so yeah i'm hoping that like they start to play more rookies as the season goes on every team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause like how else are they going to get that experience? Exactly. Giving it to them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. So let's move on to sixth woman of the year. I have someone that I think you'll like. I've okay. put Kelsey Plum down. I do. I do. I do appreciate that. That is a good pick. I did want to ask you about Alicia Gray um, mm-hmm. because you've been watching the wings this season. Mm-hmm. Has she, like, she comes off the bench, right? For the most part, yeah. Like, there's, because Vicky, Vicky Johnson will always, like, she's done a different, bunch of different combinations with the land. Like, Alicia will start sometimes. They'll start um, Kayla Thornton sometimes as well if they want to go a little smaller. Mm-hmm. It just honestly depends on, like, how she's feeling about Charlie Collier and, and like, that upcoming matchup. Because, like, Charlie mostly starts, but will only play, like, 15 or so minutes. And then, like, they usually just go smaller, Bell Allery will play or something like that. But, like, Alicia Gray does come off the bench, but, like, even Marina Mabry is probably in contention for this award at some point now too, because she started, I think, less than half of the games now. So, it, it, I I have a hard time picking a person from the wig, a, a person from the wings, because they have so many different options off the bench, and I don't think one of them has really stood out above the other. Even Marina Mabry, she's been a little inconsistent, but we'll talk about her in a second. Um, yeah. But Alicia would Alicia's a good a good like dark horse pick. Like I could see it like maybe coming along in the second half. Yeah, I think that's why, like, my solid pick right now is Kelsey Plum. I just think that she's been able to come off the bench mm-hmm. a lot more consistently than Alicia Gray. But I did want to mention her a little bit because I think that it's it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I was also thinking, you know, of course, as a Liberty fan, I was thinking about Beck Allen, but I think Beck's, like, started a bunch mm-hmm. of games, and I think it'd be much easier for her to be a solid pick if she were to come off the bench a little bit more often. Um, I have yeah. I, I have a hard time picking between Kelsey Plum and Dierka Hamby. Like it's like two <laughs> players on the same team. Like if you could just split the award between the two of them, that would probably make the most sense. Because Dierka Hamby has won the last two, and like if you want, if they wanted to give it to her again this year, I wouldn't be shocked. Like she's been again incredible. She's an all star. I talked about her already, but they have two players that could win this award. And I mean, I love Kelsey Plum. I love what she's done this season. She could also win Most Improved Player if they want to like do it that way. Like have Dierka win. Um, six woman of the year and then have um, Kelsey Plum win most improved because she's this is her best season of her career and it's not even close like she like I, I know the whole narrative around her being the number one overall pick and her incredible college career came in wasn't as good as everyone thought she'd be but this is like what you thought she would be like this is you're getting close to what you thought she would be she's scoring the ball so well like especially coming back from three on three she has looked incredible and like this like this could like I know the Aces were already a championship contender, but the way you have Kelsey Plum playing at this level, this is a whole like this is a whole new factor for you that you have these two incredible players coming off the bench. A lot of teams can't handle that. I don't know if the Storm can handle that. Yeah, definitely. And you know, maybe her eyebrows 
giving her power. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like a hey, parallel she, to Reggie Jackson's. Goggles. She said she said she did the she said she was on the Sue Bird training program now, so that has to ah, like, okay. that that's it. Like that she's gonna be playing until she's forty now. Like we gotta get ready for a long Kelsey Plum career if she's on the Sue Bird training program, guys. Yeah, that that's that solidifies it right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about this a little bit. We'll, we'll move on to MIP. Mm-hmm. I have Marina Mabry down right mm-hmm. now. I think for me, like, I've got, like, a couple of players that I'm floating around, but I think I'm going to go with her. I know you mentioned her for, like, six women of the year, potentially. I'm going to put her in most improved player. Yeah. Um, I think she's been, you know, incredible when she's, you know, had those, like, amazing games. I What I love about her is, like, I don't even know how to word it. Like, her swag. Like Oh, she's feisty. She's, she's super so feisty. She's feisty, and yeah. she's not afraid to back down. No. Like, I loved it when she kind of went, like, head-to-head with Skylar in that mm-hmm. one game against the Mercury. I thought that was hilarious. Like, it, she's just someone that you don't want to test. And I and I, I like her as a pick uh, for mm. MIP. I, I have her, too. I just I think her case is getting a little shakier. Like she's been, I, I just want to see her be able to do it more consistently. Like, like you said, she has these incredible games. Like she had a 20 point, 28 point outing the other night, but then she'll have a couple games where it's like, I don't know. It's hard because the wings are so deep that she might not consistently get those minutes, but she's usually one of the best, she's usually one of the best guards on the floor every night. So she's going to get the playing time over Ty Harris and Mariah Jefferson. It just, and then, but then it's like sharing the ball with Satu Sable now that she's back, you know, Enrique is always going to get her shots. She has to get her shots. Um, I, her case is getting a little shakier. And like, if Kelsey Plum keeps playing the way she's playing and Derricka Hamby keeps playing the way she's playing and you're like, okay, we can't split it between two players. We'll give Kelsey Plum most improved because she's, because do, she's doing it consistently now too. Like, this isn't the thing of like, oh, she's had a couple big games like Marina. It's like 13 plus points every single night. I think her last five games, she's averaged like 17 a night off the bench. So if she keeps doing that, then she might supplant Marina Mabry for most improved. But for right now, I will have Marina Mabry because no, I did not see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this breakout coming this season. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I think like that just speaks to how much talent there is in this league. The mm-hmm. fact that we're just kind of shuffling their names around in all <laughs> these different awards, I think that's just absolutely amazing. Um, okay, so we got two awards left. We'll go with Defensive Player of the Year first. Who oh, do you have I, for Defensive I feel strongly about this one. I feel This is the one I feel most strongly about. If it is not Sylvia Fowles... I am just blown away by anybody who is watching the WNBA this season. She is top five in just raw defensive rebound steals and blocks. She is top five in defensive rebound rate, steal rate, and block rate. Like, she's absolutely incredible. Like, uh, she does it all. Like, it used to be just like, okay, she grabs boards, block shots. Now she's still in the ball. She's averaging over two steals a game. Like, she's been incredible. <laughs> like, she's, and she's carrying a Minnesota defense that without her, is near the bottom like they are middle of the pack on defensive rating because she is incredible like she needs to win another defensive player of the year award because she is a game changer on defense i don't want to hear an argument for anybody else yeah you've pretty much said it all i had sylvia fowles down for my pick too <laughs> you said all of my supporting comments i think that pretty much wraps it up i think she's a lock just like michaela is a mm-hmm. is a lock for a rookie of the year I'll be, it'll be very interesting if she doesn't win. I can't wait to see. I'll be very mad. I'll be big mad uh, <laughs> if she does not win Defensive Player of the Year. Because she has been, I mean, second half of the season can change. But right now, if you don't have Sylvia Fowles for Defensive Player of the Year, I don't know what you're watching. Yeah. And last but not least, we have Coach of the Year. This How... is the toughest one. This is the toughest one. See, it's tough. But also, I chose Walt 
Hopkins from the Liberty. But I can, I, 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 my one pushback would be how, like, I know he's dealing with the injuries and everything, mm -hmm. but you're going to, he's still like, they're the third worst team by, def okay, by net rating. That's hear tough. Me out. Hear me out. Hear me it's out. It's tough to, it's tough to like argue that as like, he's the coach of the year over someone like Cheryl Reeve. Who obviously, like, I, I know everyone knows Shell Reeves an incredible coach. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm not. This isn't breaking news by any means, but the what she's done with all the injuries on the links and on an arguably a harder conference, and like, I, I think she's done an incredible job. I, I'm not going to say well, it's a bad option, but it's just like I think there's an argument. There's a stronger argument for Shell Reeves than there is Walt Hopkins, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, if I was going to say <laughs> this one is like a mix of like it's half. I believe, like, he should be at least in contention for it. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. And half, like, wishful thinking. I just think <laughs> that, you know, the Liberty, they only had two wins last season. And to mm -hmm. go from two wins in total last season to ten wins at the halfway mark, I think that's an accomplishment of its mm -hmm. own. Obviously, you know, there's a bunch of factors that go into that. But there are definitely, like, uh, several coaches that I that I think could be in contention for this. Um, Kurt Miller. Kurt Miller, I was going to say, yeah, I think he's he could be an excellent candidate. Like I said, like that just speaks to the amount of talent there is in the league, both in the players and in the coaches as well. Um, I think I'll be happy with whoever wins this award. Like, I won't be mm -hmm. mad if anyone coaches. Unless it's like Bill Lambeer, and I'm like, I, yeah. don't know, but I don't know about all that. Like, again, yeah. no disrespect to Bill Lambeer. He has one, he's coaching arguably the best team in the league, but it's like you almost feel like they could be even better than this. But that's crazy to think yeah. that you feel like they could be doing more than what they are doing right now. I I originally had Vicky Johnson for this when I did the awards a couple days ago, but now I, I feel like recency bias with a three-game losing streak, not looking really good going into the break. I'm like, I can't pick Vicky Johnson. And it would be a similar argument to with the, like what you had with Walt Hopkins, where yeah. it's like, okay, we didn't expect them to be as good as they are this year, and they're, they're outperforming, and like they've gotten so many contributions from so many players. But I, I think, for, in my opinion, it has to go to Cheryl Reeve, but there again, there's no bad option here. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much with you on that. Uh, I love that we've gotten both of our teams in here somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I had the restraint to say, okay, they've lost three in a row. I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't pick Vicky Johnson. I, I, don't, I don't know if he'd even have her in like top three at this point. Like maybe she's fallen off that far for me, but she's obviously done an amazing job. I can't, I don't want to slander Vicky Johnson by any means. She's done a great job with like, with the expectations that I had coming into the season. So. I mean, good on her, but I, I, my opinion changed over like the last like week. I just automatically changed like, okay, three losses. Nope. Not coach of the year anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of this is going to change as we go oh, into yeah. the second half of the season for sure. But those are our mid season awards, whether or not you agree with them, <laughs> let us know. That's we're kind of going to the end of our show. Lockdown women's basketball has you covered throughout the week. So make sure to come back here for daily episodes until Friday. If you have any thoughts on today's discussions, make sure to reach out on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWomen'sBasketball or myself at KrenaMM and Bradshaw at OMGBradshaw. Let us know how excited you are for the All-Star festivities on Wednesday. Is your team where you want them to be in the standings? And last but not least, let us know whether or not you agree with our midseason awards. You should probably tell us if we're a little bit too biased with our teams. <laughs> But, of course, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Women's Basketball wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And that wraps up this edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. 
Thank you for joining me, Bradshaw, as our new co-host for Monday. Now go and check out Locked on Bucks for more on whether they can level the series up at home. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.